Thanks for tuning in, guys. You're listening to Ace Comicals. I'm Greg Driver. I'm joined by Rahul Johnny and Leon Everett. Let's go! Welcome to the show, it's episode number 44 of Ace Comicals, and today is a departure from our usual roundup of comics, because as you're probably aware if you've been listening to us, um, we've been, well, we we were over at Thought Bubble this weekend up in Leeds, Um, so that's a Thought Bubble comic festival slash uh, convention, because it's like a festival that runs for most of the month of September, and then they end it with a big convention, so we were up there for the convention which was really, really cool. And today I'm joined by both my co-hosts, uh, Leon and Ray. Say hi, guys. Hi, guys. Good evening, guys. Yeah, so um, it was a really good weekend, wasn't it? I would it say so. Fantastic weekend full of like colour and life and art and just joyous things. It was so good. Yeah, it was really positive and it was really nice and really, really good atmosphere, actually. You know, everyone was there to enjoy comics. Everyone was friendly everything was you know like it just it felt like um you were a a part of it and you weren't just turning up to this organized thing if that makes sense yeah definitely it's like, like i think we were talking about it on like uh, on the weekend about how it feels so different to previous conventions and things we've been to where it's um even though it's all people uh, displaying their products, you know, just displaying their wares. There's a sincerity to it. There's like a an earnestness to how, not just what they're presenting, but like how interested we are in all these individual pieces of art and all these individual works. And it feels so like grounded and real yeah. and like gen- genuine. And it was just, it was a delight seeing like, just having this cornucopia of just artworks being like splashed everywhere you couldn't mm. turn a corner without seeing something fascinating and new and interesting so yeah yeah that that was what was really cool about it the fact that i mean you can go to conventions and you can see um you, you can go to uh dealers halls at conventions and things like that and you can be assaulted with things to buy and things you know to look at and whatever and it's it's all stuff on a shelf it, it's things that you can get in your local comic store and stuff like that but the difference here is you're actually buying it directly from the creator so when you're walking around looking at the tables and and stuff like i guess a good 90 percent of the time when you talk to somebody at that table you're talking to the person that drew the thing you're looking at buying so Mm. or wrote the thing you're looking at buying and that's really cool actually you know being able to have conversations with the creators of these pieces of art and these comics and get a little bit of providence around it when you're buying it as well so like you can you can talk about like um what what you you can you can have conversations with them about their work and it's it's cool to be able to do that i like that yeah one of the things that me and leon were talking about while we were wandering around there is this um this weird anxiety that um that you may or may not get but like i certainly get it depending on my mood is um almost being hesitant to like peruse through people's work if you know that you're not really in it to purchase anything, but you're in it to just, you know, enjoy what they've done and experience it and see it. Because it's like, depending on how sociable you you are in that moment, 
um you may not want to actually engage with the creator because it can be kind of intimidating because like i don't know your judgment is there immediately on your face and like yeah there are a couple of instances where i walked past something that i was really interested in but because like the table was a little bit empty or like you could tell that the 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 creator was um like interested in engaging or even if they weren't it just kind of i walked past it and i had to tell myself stop being stupid just go back and have a look and you know sometimes on the second or third time i went back i ended up actually buying something because i realized that i liked it so much so i had to really push myself past that initial hesitation yeah no that that was that was the thing and that that was kind of how i felt as well really like walking past and and do i you know you feel almost guilty engaging someone and then not take, walking away with something, don't you? I suppose. It depends on what else has value besides just the money you can give them in exchange for their work. Like I'm yeah. even just like a friendly exchange or just uh, showing your interest has, has value. Mm. And also the thing I realized afterwards is all that stress that I was feeling or like all that p- potential judgment that I was making up in my head didn't exist. Like 99% of the people I spoke to were so friendly and interesting and, um, just genuine that it it dissolved away like the, whatever yeah. concern I had just disappeared because it was nothing to begin with really. Yeah, this is this is my, this is pretty much my weekend as well. So mm. yeah, yeah, you you pretty much described everything I felt walking around. Yeah, we um, all came the... away. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Liam. I was going to say, and um, the the hard sell that you would assume in your head doesn't exist, and instead it's a lot of people who are creatives but also fans of the medium as well so when you actually do get talking to someone you you can generally get a good sense of them and get a little bit of insight into the process um and even just engage with them um on a person-to-person basis so it's definitely a good thing to sort of just take the gamble on some occasions and like like what happened with you guys, it'll be a case where you might end up having that chat and then being converted to a sale. So it's win-win for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely agree. And um, needless to say, we did actually walk away with some stuff, didn't we? For sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, with stuff that I genuinely wanted, like stuff that I yeah. was, um, I, I made a case of like setting aside a budget that I knew I could spend and not going over it. And I came away because I had to, I couldn't just like binge buy everything that I wanted. I was really mm. considerate of my purchases. And I think I'm so happy with the things that I've walked away from. And we can get to our purchases yeah. a little bit later, unless you we want will. to dive into that. Yeah. No, yeah, we'll, we'll move on to that later because we'll, we'll go through um, some of the events that we attended first and things like that. Cool. Um, so I will start this off with the fact that we arrived on the Friday evening. Um, we went out for a meal and then we were up bright and early Saturday morning ready to take in all that what's thought bubble. Oh, um, on the Friday evening we also attended, there was like a pre-party thing at the Radisson Blue Hotel um, and we went along to that for a couple of drinks which was kind of like a, a pre-convention party for the attendees basically and uh, any of the guests that were there and things like that as well which was pretty cool. Um we... Yeah, that party was kind of nice because, mm. like, I walked in and I recognised nobody. And by the end of the weekend, I was like, oh, I recognise all of them now. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, like I got to, like, recognise every single face through just sheer exposure. Yeah, it's it's weird sometimes because you can know somebody's work so well and not have a clue who they are when they walk past exactly. you. 
Yeah, because yeah. they don't put photographs of creators in comics. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> or they have, like, really cute self-caricatures or whatever. And, yeah. like, doesn't always... It's not always enough for you to, like, get that sense. But sometimes it is. Like, I'm sure I saw a couple of people who are like, they look like like a cute character from a thing that I've seen on their Twitter or whatever, but you're not quite sure. And then you walk away after it's like, of course it is them. Like, they're an artist. Like, of course yeah. they're going to portray themselves properly. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. And yeah, it was it was a it was a nice little party type. Uh, it, it was wasn't really. I wouldn't say it was like a a, a full party type thing. More of a, a they had the bar closed off, and um, you could. It, it was just like we're you know the, we're going to be here. Are you going to be here too? Kind of thing. Like a hangout in a bar, basically. It was kind of nice. And it was uh, yeah, it was cool. Um, from there, Saturday morning, we were awake and sort of walking around checking out some of the various tents and things like that and one of the first events we went to was the strip panel naked panel um which was at sort of like half past 11 on saturday um and that was that was something that was really good actually and i found that really interesting um so what what they were doing is they had a bunch of creators there and they were going through some of the creative decisions they make when creating a comic page and how how a page is constructed through that and they had a writer an artist and a letterer and a colorist there so kind of had all the bases covered in um sort of like the broad strokes of comic creation basically which was kind of cool and it's cool to get insight from each part of the process in how that page is constructed and what decisions go into into you know creating these things that we all love and enjoy um the panel itself uh was hosted by a guy called um Hassan Otsman Alo and uh he he this is like a YouTube thing for him as well. So he does this he did this panel and it was like a live version of an existing YouTube show called Strip Panel Naked that he runs, which is really cool. Just um, to cut in very quickly, um the way that uh the way that sold me on this panel was that he describes himself as think of every frame of painting but for comics. Like I think that's a really good description of what he does in, the, yeah. in this panel and just in his YouTube videos in general. Yeah. Um and we have um with the other people that were there were um, Aditya Bidika, uh, Triona Farrell, Leslie Hung, and Greg Rooker. So we've got there Greg Rooker, the writer. Um, I know him from The Old Guard, which was probably one of my favourite comics last year. Um, and that's coming back again, which we found out in this panel, which I'm quite excited about. Hmm. Um, Leslie Hung, who is the artist from Snot Girl, I believe. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Triona Farrell, who is a colorist, um, she worked on Runaways, didn't she? And I'm, I'm not sure. I don't know which which um, which comic particularly did she bring up that time uh, at, at the panel. I think Do it was remember? a page from. I think that a page from Runaways. Okay, it was gorgeous. Whatever it was. Yeah, and uh, Aditya Bidikar, who um, I know as he's he's lettered many many comics, but I know him as the letterer for Isola, which is something we talked about on this cast previously. Oh, um, yeah. And there's some really interesting stuff came out about that actually, but in his part of the conversation. Um, but yeah, it was it was it was awesome to get an insight into 
how the pages are put together and you know to have that conversation with the creators and and for them to be having that conversation in front of us so it's it's like a you know like a peek behind the curtain but but a peek behind the curtain in a sense that you are not disappointed by that because as, a, as you know do you ever feel disappointed sometimes when you know too much about the process in something like takes the magic away i don't know but, not really yeah exactly no, very rarely <laughs> I, I get with, with some things I, I get that but with with comics it's different so the best way I can describe it is yeah to be able to look behind the curtain and not be disappointed it was really cool um and yeah we we, we got some interesting insight into what they do and how they do it um some of the most interesting stuff that came up actually was to do with the lettering for Isla actually in the way that um languages are are like like when they create fictional languages for comics in in how they do that and the process towards doing that like how do you um how do you choose what your characters should look like and and how do you express uh you know ex- expression without too much um well expression that's open to interpretation i suppose is the best way to put it because the way that isla is lettered um it's it's very there's very it's very sparing with dialogue first of all anyway as a comic there's a lot of shots in there that are just um silent kind of communicated purely through facial expression and non-verbal means like body language of characters and things like that um and then you uh where, where it is lettered in places they're speaking a, a, a fictional language um and you can still understand what's going on without being able to read it, which I think is really great. And they, they delved into that a little bit and delved into language creation and stuff like that, which was really cool. Um, also, yeah, we got some great insight into how, uh, into how much of the decision lies with each part of the process. So where a writer is concerned, like where, their input ends and the artist will pick up from them in regards to creating a page and getting things across in in the way that the writer would like it and, and in how how periods of time are decided and things like that which was really nice and it was really awesome yeah i mean uh, what did you guys manage to take away from it the the one of the biggest things that i took away was a conversation i ended up having multiple times that i think inspired by this conversation in the panel was how i mean obviously comic or maybe not obviously but like um it's it's often talked about how comics are a very collaborative effort but what i didn't realize was how much not just collaboration there is between the artist and the writer and the illustrator and the you know the 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 line artist and the colorer and the um the letter or whatever uh but like how much trust they all have in each other sometimes and how sometimes it's a it's it's a like you you pick the best people for the job and you leave so much of it to their interpretation and like one of them in this panel made a comment about how it's it's so easy to miss i think it was greg rucker said it's easy to mistake the writer or often the writer can mistake themselves as being the director of a book in the mm. same way that you know a director has creative uh, generally or often has creative control over a movie in a broad way but the writer isn't that person um 
in comics generally it's like he can depending on your writing style or how you want to pass on what you want interpreted for your art for a, for a book you know you can give d- very deliberate instructions you can give very broad instructions and the writer themselves can be surprised by the thing they get back from the artist um and like you said with the Islam with the letterer for that book how um so much of it was left to him to decide how yeah. to you know how to feed that back and mm. in some instances the writer didn't even know what they were saying in those panels yeah like all 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 he or all, all the writer knew was that the um you know the what was being expressed in those pages but not necessarily what was being vocalized and that was entirely up to Aditya to to you know put in yeah i think that's awesome i think there was something during the um another panel that we attended which we we're going to get to later but the the burger books one there was something about how um like the colorist for that got to make decisions about how to intensify a particular scene because you know the the color in the background of that um that scene was very like constantly blue and she wanted to make a decision about when to make these choices to oh, expand out a panel that, and then that was Triona Farrell oh it in, was right yeah yeah, yeah. With in the, part with of the, the same red, conversation the red panels yeah it, it, and then as, making the decision yeah. to pull a panel out from its gutters and like you yeah. know some of these things it was so interesting to hear how that process occurs and then I took this away and I spoke to other people and they people were repeating the same thing over and over again about how yeah sometimes you just have to trust that you've got the best person in your pocket and it's mm. it's, it's awesome yeah um, I think actually, I think um, Leslie Hung actually talked about that a little bit as well. Uh, right. The line, yeah. the lines are blurring in my head now because it was a few days ago. <laughs> um, that, and it was all just, it was yeah. all genuinely fascinating. Yeah. Like I was, I was riveted by all of it. Like it wasn't, it's not like I was, I think it's all blending together because the whole conversation felt really cohesive. And mm. that, that panel in particular, the strip panel, naked panel, um, like it felt really fortuitous. He he kept making like these mini fist pumps, saying, "Yes, I found a way to segue between one to the next person." And it felt it almost felt scripted, or just how how well he presented the whole thing. Yeah. I, th- I thought it was great. Yeah, it, it, it like you could see that he was gen. Well, it felt to me like he was genuinely impressed at how it was all falling into place, and I like that. <laughs> yeah, he's. It was like he was yeah. a conductor, and they were like yeah. playing to his tune. It was really yeah. cool. Yeah. Um. And I think one of the most when you going back to artist writer collaboration, um, and where where the line ends with one part and the input of another, um, one of the most interesting things I, um, fa- well, the most interesting for me was with the question I asked when I asked Greg Rooker, because um, the floor was open to questions, uh, was open. Well, yeah, they opened question for questions to the, from the floor um, towards the end of the panel, and. Um, I got to ask where Greg Rooker's input ended and the artist's input began when he was writing um, The Old Guard, specifically with the action scenes, because how do you script an action scene where there's like 20 dudes piling into a room or whatever with submachine guns and things like that? Um, and he was... Um, his his answer to that was, was really cool because he was, he was talking about how, well he would with that particular artist because i think i think a lot of this is very team dependent as well so um the impression i got it it largely depends on what they expect from you anyway as a writer or what they would expect from you as an artist when you're talking to the colorist and things like that um and so forth um and he was he was talking about how well you can't script everything you can't say you can't be too 
um, intricate with things like that because otherwise the artist will hate you because you, you can't give them too much direction. But at the same, you know, you, you can you give them the broad strokes and then they will come back to you. And it's it's quite interesting to hear about that back and forth and how that works out and how that worked out specifically with their um, with with their relationship when he was talking about making the old guard his his exact words were I pulled the pin on Leo and just ducked for cover which I really really liked I, I like that and I like the idea of that approach and being able to do that yeah yeah it's really good when you can sort of see the blurring of the lines in that way and the symbiotic nature going back to what you guys were talking about before. I think what's really great about this panel and especially how um, Hassan hosted it was it, it was really effective at shining a light on sort of the below the title, um, uh, below the title sort of roles that sort of gets swept under the cover when people always refer to comics as the writer and the artists, blah, blah. And the, the other jobs like lettering and coloring are almost seen as like a technical, um, um, like job in the same way that you think like in film, the sound artist, uh, the sound mixer, like those jobs almost have been not sort of classed or displayed as more sort of technical jobs that don't require creative or artistic um, merit when that's clearly nonsense. And it's the same with uh, all these other roles like letterer and colorist and so on and editor where like, there are so many creative and artistic decisions going on in those roles, but I think there's a lot of ignorance um, for a lot of fans and readers, and panels like this are really good at shining a spotlight on those areas. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, assuming that things are, uh, in, in like finger quotes, merely craft and ignoring the art behind them as well, and like creative decisions that go into the craft. and Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It was interesting. Um, moving on from there, um, I believe the next one along on, from there that you guys attended on the Saturday was the Berger Books panel, wasn't it? Oh, we've established that. Um, I think I started by saying Berger Books. It's definitely Burger Books because she said her own name. Yes. Burger, right? <laughs> yeah, Burger Books. This has I'm been sorry. a point of contention it's a, for it, weeks, it, listeners. Weeks. Between us guys, I, yeah, it's it's a habit. I'm sorry, I put my hands up and admit I was wrong. It's it's me as well. It's a bad habit that I developed um, because I've I've been pronouncing it that way, and I think I knew a kid at school that had a similar surname, and I would pronounce it that way at school, and and that was you know the, the given way to talk it. When when you would say his name, that that was how you would say his name, um, and like he you know if we were wrong he never corrected anybody you know um but (laughs) that was yeah that that was that that's my doing as well so we apologize what'd be funny though is if um we all miss her and it's and it's it's a third um enunciation that would be great (laughs) but um yeah the 
Burger Books panel was really, really good. It was um, basically Karen Berger, um, Vertigo legend, um, come back to the industry and, and started her own imprint under um, Dark Horse. And the panel was highlighting um, several of the projects they've currently got going, and they had a number of um, different creators there um, in different capacities. Um, they had uh, Emma Beebe, who um, was working on Matahari, that uh, Ariella Christi- uh, Cristantina, who's also working on Matahari, uh, Warren Police, who working on uh, Incognito, uh, and particularly Renaissance, uh, Emma Ficelli, who's working on uh, Olivia Twist, uh, Christian Ward, um, notable for working on Invisible Kingdom, and they also had the Burger Books art director, Richard Bruning, there. And, um, yeah, it was really good. I mean, they seemed to be unlucky where they were docked with some technical issues, um, so I would say at the beginning mostly, with just weird resolution of the projector that that just uh, the technical people um, working in that hall the, had uh, to spend a while getting things uh, back up. Is this the infamous potato quality that I keep hearing yes, about? Yes, it is indeed. If, I yes. think, if anything, it improved it because it made me like. While I was listening to them, I was um I was on my phone like googling for higher res images of the covers and stuff, and I think it, like it put it into my history, and like now I now <laughs> I've got it all. It's cool. <laughs> also, yeah. um, Emma Vicelli was uh, she passed around her, her solo copy of. Um, Olivia Twist, and that became a sort of like physical thing that we got to do because the uh, the panel itself was relatively um, slightly less uh, full than the previous one, so we got to have like a bit of interaction and pass this thing around, and that, I thought that was was a nice touch. Mm. Yeah, no, definitely, it, it was it was it made it more intimate in a way, which mm. was quite nice. Where it was less like this massive panel, and more like. Um, this sort of get together, um, getting quite um, near hands on with some of these uh, interesting artists um, and writers. Mm. But yeah, yeah it, it, it was it was quite cool. Um, there was, uh, I, I think, there was a lot of good insight into what, like, without being over what it felt like the the mission statement of this, of, of Burger Book seems to be, and mm. like there's a definite focus on putting the spotlight on like stories, um, focus on more, I'd say, I don't know, diverse and um, pe- people who, di- different um different groups and different people who have been sort of disaffected in certain ways and, and been given a voice. So there's a lot of really cool projects exploring that and give, giving us a lot of different stories that you don't see that much, even at the other um, independent um, places. And I think one interesting fact that um, Karen Berger gave is that different to say like image which is like creator owned um or like more like the the people who are making the comic basically 
create it on spec and then bring it to them with with uh, burger books um what's happening is that she's pulling in different writers and artists and, and such and as an editor is working with them to structure and finesse um their stories um to be like the best they can be and then and then give them um uh, basically give them a platform where they can get these stories out so it, it's it's really cool and it's nice to see the work going on and i was made aware of several comics that i had not heard of previously so it's quite good mm-hmm. Yeah, to to top off your point was um, like the idea that she's or the like you said the mission statement became apparent that is um, not only about allowing people whose voices tend to get overlooked like you know particular minorities or um, or whatever allow not only allowing the uh, the voice to be heard but also the story to be heard like these overlooked stories um, as well as overlooked peoples and I just, I think that's a really admirable stance to have. And like you were saying, she had. She mentioned that she has, um, like, she's the final editor for every single one of the stories that she publishes. Yeah, she's the editor. Yeah, that's that's a very cool position to be in, and you can tell that it brings like a a consistent quality to all of her books. Because I think mm. there's a few that I, not necessarily surprised that were part of her, uh, part of uh, Burger Books, but like I was reminded when I was there, I was like, oh yeah, I've read this, and it's from it because um, uh, Hungry Ghosts by um. Uh, by Anthony Bourdain, and I, I'd forgotten that it was a burger book, and um, there was uh, a life... No, sorry, no, that I was going to say something wrong there. Uh, something about, uh, what was it, La Guardia she brought up as well, which I didn't realise was a, bu- a burger book, and I'd been looking forward to that, and there's a few. So, yeah, it was nice to like remember in hindsight that some of these things that I actually really enjoy... Oh, The Seeds was another one, which yeah. I was really excited about, and we've talked on the cast before. It's like, oh, yeah, it's a burger book. Like, so many of these ones that I actually like are under her umbrella it's that's awesome yeah um is she could fly uh yes yes it is yeah (laughs) yeah and And, yeah she talked about that a little um and give a quick shout out to um uh, martin morazzo who also does the art for that book and then she said she shouted out ice cream man in her panel for that as well yeah I think I, I may have done a little whoop at that point. Yeah. So if there's a recording of that panel, you'll hear me in the background. <laughs> yeah, because it is one of the greatest comics. And uh, yeah, oh, I, I love <laughs> that comic so much. I, let's Leo, not make this there... another cast where I just rant on about Ice Cream Man. Let's move on quickly. Yeah, no, no, wait, <laughs> before you move on, um, Leon, was there any particular book that caught your eye that, that she discussed that day? Um... There, there were several. I made note of them, but uh, one that I'll definitely say I want to be checking out is uh, Olivia Twist. Mm. Um, there were there were two more which I I noted down, but I don't have them at the moment. But um, that I've not read it already. But um, yeah, there'll there'll be stuff I'll be talking about on the cast in the future. Well. From my side, um, yeah, like you said, Olivia Twist, uh, which Emma Viacelli was present on the panel and was talking about the art on that. And then when I found her table in the actual, um, you know, the tents that had all the artists and creators um, with their with their wares, I realised that she's also the artist for um, an upcoming Life is Strange comic, which looks gorgeous. She had like a, a framed 
picture, which I can only assume is going to be the front cover of the comic. And it's just it's such an amazing art style, like really bright and colorful. And I just I loved it and I can't wait for that to come out. And then the other one was Invisible Kingdom, which um, you mentioned the the guy's name who was there talking about it. Um, Christian Ward. Christian Ward. Um, and I was interested because like uh, the artwork and everything that he was, you know, displaying looks really, really cool, like really like futuristic and interesting and detailed. But what caught my attention was that it's written by G. Willow Wilson, who, as everybody on this, you know, everyone who listens to Ace Comicals knows I'm a huge Ms. Marvel fan. G. Willow Wilson being the writer for uh, for Ms. Marvel, and I'm I'm here for that comic. I'm gonna I'm fully <laughs> into Invisible Kingdom. From do you know how she described it? She described it as Dune slash Cowboy Bebop, and like oh. Dune slash Cowboy Bebop with a sci-fi vibrant um, aesthetic written by G. Willow Wilson. I'm in. Like I'm all the way in. I'm pre- pre-ordering you, and whatever. <laughs> you had me at Dune slash Cowboy Bebop. So this is Ray oh, running into his LCS tomorrow afternoon after work smashing his hand <laughs> on the desk and saying put this on my damn pool list now please unfortunately i don't think it's out tomorrow i think it's yeah. some point in the future but yeah well no it's I'm, not out, I, I know it's not out tomorrow but i just i'm just saying you're gonna run in there and you're gonna do it anyway because you don't have to you don't have to it doesn't have to be well tomorrow's tuesday but it doesn't have to be new comic book day <laughs> people to... right i see yeah i got your point sorry <laughs> It's been a long day, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> it felt like two days, did it? <laughs> <laughs> it definitely did. I wish I tomorrow was Wednesday. <laughs> I wish tomorrow was Wednesday, but alas, it is a Tuesday. <laughs> um, I wish every day... No, I don't wish every day could be Wednesday. I'd be flat broke. Um, <laughs> so moving on from there was the... Because ne- I didn't attend the Burger Books panel. I was milling around some of the tents at that point, checking out some of the cool wares and artwork that people were having displayed and willing and eager to chat about which was quite nice also Um, was there not a point where you were attending a greg rucker panel while yes i well no you the the greg rucker panel happened after your panel right yeah yeah, i think and i've been sat down for too long to be attending another panel so we went for a wonder at that point Yeah, yeah so i went for a wonder in between while you were at Burger Books, I went for a wonder, and then I was lining up for the Greg Rooker panel, and then that's when I caught you guys again, and then I went into the Greg Rooker panel. So I attended this one by myself, um, and it's it was um, it's called Comics and Conversation, Greg Rooker. Uh, it was hosted by a journalist and comics critic named Claire Napier, um, and it was it was just like a. a candid conversation about greg rooker's career so he was having this conversation in front of a room full of people with uh you know it, with some audience interaction as well because there was some questions and things like that and um yeah it was just it was just quite nice to 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 hear him talk about his career and some of the decisions he's made in character creation and things like that and just to get an insight into the way he works and the way that he builds his characters and his worlds and everything else and you know what what influences his his decisions like like how does he decide on a character's appearance and how does he decide on what a character should um there's a lot a lot of uh, conversation concerning the fashion of his characters and things like that and and how he decides how his character should look and behave and and what he wants when when he's creating you know what what kind of vision he has 
for his characters and things like that. And it was really cool to sit and, and hear that and, and to hear that discussed. Um, and yeah, it's it, again, it's it was insight into how comics are written and the way in which comics are written. And there's some books that he talks about in, in here that are on, you know, they're on my list. There is creator own titles. Um, so he talked about his work on superhero titles and, and what it's like pitching for DC comics and things like that. And it got into all of that stuff, which was quite interesting. Um, but his creator own titles, um, which I've now had to add to my list, Lazarus and black magic, black magic, I think is one I've been wanting to read for a while. And I have just never managed to get around to. So that might be, that's going to be something I'm going to have to read and talk about in the future. Um, specifically with his, uh, his conversation in pitching for DC comics and things like that. He's, um, something came up that I found quite interesting, which was he dislikes the criticism when people say, well, in that comic, nothing happened because what he perceives when people say that, and he's right, actually, because the more I think about it, the more it makes sense. But when people say nothing happened, what they mean is there was no punching. There was no violence, no action. Um, and I think that's quite a, you know, I, I can see, I, I dislike that too, because it, it's, it's not nothing, because there's emotional action as well. And it, it, which is the point he was trying to get at. He's like, it's like, it's not nothing happening. It's, you know, there, there's still something happening in that book. It's just, it's just no, there's no punching or violence, which I think is a very bad mindset to be in when you pick up a piece of work and read it to be turned off instantly by the fact that it, 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 it's mainly emotional action, which, which I, I I agree with him there on that, and I thought that was quite an interesting point for him to bring up, and I quite I quite liked the discussion around that, which was quite cool. Um, and yeah, that 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 was the uh, that was the panels we attended, and it was it was really awesome. Uh, and that was that was Saturday. I think by that point we um, we then took another wonder around the tents, uh, which is when we got around to purchasing some more stuff. And we moved on to the party on Saturday night, which was, I first of all, like we we came to the venue that they'd chosen for it, which was a place called Trinity Kitchen, um, and this was like the Comicsology party, um, and it's kind of odd. It was it, I've never been anywhere like that. It was like a weird place to be. It was like this kind of like imagine a department store like Debenhams, but it's restaurants. <laughs> just call it a food hall <laughs> I don't, dude i don't know <laughs> that's it, it does feel like a very like big city thing okay am i you know, am i have, a rube like... am i a rube for not knowing that am i <laughs> <laughs> i mean it was a very weirdly laid out um like food hall normally you get or like a food court you get um just like just a big room and it's loads of like little stall not stalls but like uh windows to a uh, to like a restaurant outlet or whatever but this was like really interestingly presented because it had like this open table area and then like a couple of restaurants poking off on the side and you go round and it had a few more like um permanent installation of like restaurants and you go even deeper in and there was a dance floor and it was this really cool like twisting layout mm. as yeah it was funky and, and was... um sorry go ahead <laughs> i would say there was some great music played it had some good djs on mm. drink was flowing everyone was partying there was, you know, everyone was there, creators, um, fans, like people running the event. It was great. It, it was, was, it was, 
I would add, it just felt so pure and fun. Like, you just get talking to a random, and then before you know it, you've been talking for like 15 yeah. minutes about all just random comics-related stuff. Just, everyone is just going nuts on the on the dance floor because <laughs> the DJ was just playing like some bangers, Pitches true bangers. bangers, yeah, hit after hit after hit. And and this is where I learned that I am now Pizza Hat guy. <laughs> <laughs> From your question that you asked in the strip panel naked, yeah, panel, right? Yeah, um, yeah, because it was yeah because the who was one of the I think it was the host asked you what does it say on your hat and you were like pizza and then. The next day on the dance floor, um, somebody came up to you and said, "Oh, I thought it said Peter." Yeah, because <laughs> she obviously must have misheard you when you shouted it out. She like looked at you as like, yeah. "Oh, that makes more sense, Pizza, not Peter." Yeah, that was that was like uh, during the party. It was the same day. It felt like two days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it did actually. It felt because yeah. when I when I remember back to it, it does feel like a completely different day. Mm. But yeah, I mean, we were. Um, because people were like, oh, you're Pizza Hat Guy. You're the guy that asked the question. And so now I have this alter ego, Pizza Hat Guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very cool cap. I don't know if, yeah. for those of you who didn't see it, it's like, was it? it um, it's a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It says pizza on on the front panel. And then the 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 beak itself, is. does it look like a pizza? Yeah. And then... In the corner, it's look like it looks like it literally has a bite taken out of it, like with frayed ends and everything. Like you've you'd literally got like your your jaws teeth in and like ripped a chunk out of the corner. It's very cool. Yeah, it's you a, got a lot of compliments for that. Yeah, there's a bite missing out of it, and it's it's, a, yeah. it's basically just slices of pizza, and it's awesome. I love <laughs> it. It's my favorite hat. <laughs> also, I must add that we were rocking our Ace Comicals T-shirts designed yeah. by you guys. Which are pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. So we had yeah, his comic shirts on and it was nice. And we also had our uh, laser cut badges made by our, our great friend Joe. Yeah. We had laser cut his comicals badges made from yellow plastic. Uh, yellow, um, I think it was translucent plastic. I think it's the kind, I didn't actually test it, but I think it was the sort that glows under a black light. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think it got a lot of attention. And like, also, I think maybe we like uh, pulled a bit of subterfuge because people see this like rectangular thing hanging off your neck and maybe just have an instinct to assume that it's like a, a press badge or something. Mm. Totally isn't. It's just it has it's like a card that has Ace Comicals written on it. But it got people talking to us. So yeah, yeah. it's job. Yeah, yeah, it's very, very funky. Yeah, it was nice. It was cool. Uh, mm. and, and at that party, that party was fun. It was great. There was, you know. Yeah, because dancing. <laughs> that's thing I just got to add. Like, there's something uh, like I was saying before, so pure and lovely. Just watching nerds go <laughs> wild on the dance floor with reckless abandon. Love it. I mean, sh- hell, I was one of them. I don't dance yeah. very often at all. And I realised that, um, like, five beers and a porn star martini is what it takes to get me dancing unironically <laughs> and unashamedly. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so yeah, it was great. Oh my gosh, yes. Also, um, porn star martinis. Thank you for bringing that into my life, Leon. That's the most delicious drink <laughs> I've ever had. <laughs> yeah, passion fruit, man. Mm. I no longer tell. I no longer like the taste of passion fruit. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> I drank. I drank too many porn star martinis. That's why. <laughs> but no, it was good. Yeah, it was fun. Um, and yeah, swing round to Sunday, which was uh, we didn't attend any events on Sunday. I don't think there was anything that really caught our eye. 
Um, so we were just, uh, we, we spent the day checking out the tents again, uh, checking out the, the halls as well. And just, just, you know, going from desk to desk. Um, and it was quite a, quite a chilled, relaxing day. It had that wind down feel anyway. Like, like the whole thing was winding up and people by about, Mm. I think three o'clock time, people were starting to pack up anyway, because the thing was ending at five. So people were starting to get ready to go. Mm. Um, and it, it had like that kind of like somber wind up feel that the end of a convention has. And it was kind of, it was kind of nice. It's a nice way to end the weekend. It was great. I don't know. I didn't really get the somber vibe from it. Um, but I did get, I definitely got like the chilled out everyone yeah. sort of like, um, you know, there's the tables were a bit emptier, which yeah. is always a good sign. Cause you know, the people yeah. had sold a lot of stuff. Everyone was interested in all the, all the items for up for grabs and probably a yeah, lot of hangovers it, as well. <laughs> probably a lot of hangovers. And I think, um, <clears throat> I had a, once I'd got over my initial, like my, my second wave at the beginning of the day of like, um, feeling a bit unconfident to talk to people i actually ended up having some really nice conversations mm. again with that wind down mood that people had you know yeah. like um i kind of want to I, I need to, i don't want to start packing up right away but i'm you know i'm gonna just do little bits and bobs here you kind of notice yeah. that yeah and um yeah it was, it was a really nice atmosphere yeah it was cool yeah like i remember on the sunday there's there's a really sort of funny moment where we walked into the comicsology tent and maybe five seconds after we entered, it just started pouring down with rain. <laughs> so everyone out else who was around, like adjacent, all rushed in to to like uh, hide themselves from the elements. Oh. But it was it was really good because, yeah. I mean, one the rain made it really loud. But um, the thing that was really cool about it is that it it did sort of flood the place in a way where. I uh, know it, it it reignited energy in the room and mm. it, it was nice to walk about yeah. it like that and like just seeing certain areas uh, uh, like like you guys were saying some of the tables were more empty because people have sold their stock but then on the flip side of that there was a wall where people were being encouraged to um do a little doodle do a drawing and we went there quite early <laughs> on the Saturday initially and coming back in the afternoon on the Sunday, and the wall is just covered, including yeah. two uh, original Greg Driver pieces. <laughs> uh, I've got some amazing photos of that wall of like my favorite pieces of art on there. And um, we were talking to one of the ladies who I, I don't know if she worked or she was, you know, um, looking after that wall. Or she was helping out at that part, yeah. Yeah, um, but she was saying she was surprised that they've been doing this for a few years and this is the first time that she's noticed people putting their uh, Insta handles or their Twitter handles on it. Um, so I've taken a bunch of photos and you'll, yeah, you can see that and I've, I'm going to, you know, methodically go through and try and add a bunch of my favourites, I think, to my Twitter feed. Yeah. It's very cool. And I'm still gutted that you didn't add your at Bato to yours because I think that would have got some attention. I did, I did. I did add it towards the end, but I'm no artist, man. <laughs> I mean, th- I know? mean that was the whole point that they were trying to encourage, which I, yeah, I would admit to being too yeah. scared to do myself. But like, there, you, you can <laughs> basically. I think one of the mantras of that day when me and Leon were uh, going around looking at like not just a professional artist, but like these kind of amateur artists is like people have just got so much damn talent, and it makes me feel bad. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's it's amazing, and I think, also I think you can really call them amateurs, can you? <laughs> 
I think that's I a mean bad amateur word. in the sense that you don't get paid. Yeah. I, professional yeah. versus amateur in but, like, not in terms of it. quality or talent, but like yeah. they've yeah. put that they put that art up there as a person who's attending, yeah. not as a person who's selling these. Yeah, but, an, an artist is an artist. That's the thing. You say <laughs> you were too scared, but me and you, we did some art, and we did some art in the panel that Greg overlooked on the Saturday. Oh yeah, we went to the interactive Wiccan and Divine thing. Oh, yeah. Actually, somebody did come up to me and say, wow, you're really talented. And I actually laughed out loud without thinking, <laughs> <laughs> which is very sweet of her to say. <laughs> it was a cool bookmark. Yeah. It had someone falling and then the other side was cool and it was colourful. It I was, was nice. I was trying to make it Wicked and Divine themed. I, yeah, I, I was I uh, surprised myself. <laughs> yeah, that, that was an interesting thing to go to as well. And some interesting conversations mm. there around art and how we how <laughs> we express ourselves and things like that, which was quite cool. Um. Do you want to describe what what that was? Because I'm yeah, yeah. I'm having trouble formulating what it was. Because we walked yeah. in and we were like, I don't we don't know what to make of this initially. And then you kind of understand the thing of it. But it's like yeah. basically it was quite a cramped, um, like busy room. In the center of the room was like this giant table full of uh, like craft items, so like yeah. wooden bookmarks or paper masks. And I think the third one was like a little zine. And you had to pick one of those things and fill it in with um, some form of artistic expression. Um, you guys both picked the little zines, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah and I was going to say, I, I will. I was going to read out what the this whole thing was from the actual Thoughtball website because that's the best way I can think to. Oh yeah, explain yeah. Go ahead, to people. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, Step into the story world of The Wicked and the Divine, comic created by writer Kieran Gillen and artist Jamie McKelvey. Every 90 years, 12 gods incarnate as humans. They are loved, they are hated, in two years they are dead. Welcome to The Wicked and the Divine, where the gods are ultimate pop stars. In this immersive experience, you meet characters from the comic who want to help you solve a mystery. As you travel around the room, the worlds of art and science intertwine as you try to answer a question, what is art for? Can you get to the bottom of this conundrum and unlock a door to a secret level? And if you get to a secret level, will you be prepared to face the music? This event is supported by Welcome Trust. For more information about the comic, visit www.wicdiv.com for any event. Yeah. So that is the uh, the Wicked and Divine uh, panel in a nutshell. Well, panel, it's more of an interactive experience. In a nutshell, that's, that's kind of what it was. So yeah, as, as Ray was saying, me and um, Leon chose to make small zines i think was the idea and ray took which were like pre-folded bits of paper that you could turn into a, a magazine or something and ray had a bookmark so ray what we uh, before i really interrupted you what were you gonna say <laughs> oh no i was just gonna because um i was gonna say what you guys did i thought was really cool um like i really liked yours greg where it was um a depiction of your thoughts that was like a um a Wimmel builder type um image where it kind of it every page was a slightly more zoomed out version of like it started off on like these um cthulhu style um like tentacles and or whatever and like this decrepit hand or something and then you zoom out and it's in a jar and then you zoom out a bit more and that jar was on a shelf um and each one of them was labeled ideas i thought that was really creative i i really liked what you did there yeah i, I chose the zine thing and i tried to make a little comic out of it <laughs> Yeah, some, I think, what is it? The photographer accused you of cheating by actually making a comic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, that's reminded me, we have to keep an eye out for that photographer who, unfortunately, I didn't catch his name or, you know, where to find his work. But I'm sure I'll be able to track it down somewhere. 
But while you were busy doodling, I don't know if you noticed that he was taking quite a few photos of you. So, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to have to find those and we'll put them on the Twitter feed. Yeah, definitely. Um, and yeah, maybe that comic will see the light of day. Maybe I'll put it up on Twitter or something. <laughs> I don't suppose any of you caught the the names or like took a photo of the thing which explained the people who were sat around the the room, which was the second aspect of this after you've after you made the you know your little piece of art uh which was then to be judged by um god i wish i could remember the character's name from the comic the like the elder god uh with the veil on her face who is the one who grants the power um you have to hand over your art to to her and she will either she will judge your work and uh, deem it worthy to ascend um but before you do that you get to talk to I think it was like five or six people dotted around representing or being acting as representatives of the gods from the comic. And you get to have a conversation with them about different aspects of the psychology behind art and the meaning behind art. And we got to talk to um, the guru and the bartender, I believe it was, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't remember any names or anything like that. It, it, <laughs> I'm going to hold my hands up right now and say The Wicked and the Divine is a comic I've not read and I need to read. I think um, me and Leon have both talked about it on the cast mm. previously. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, um the uh it was it was a cool experience and everyone that was in this room who was posing as a character from the comic was uh, actually this is where when it says the worlds of science and art intertwine these these guys were actually um scientists they actually had um degrees in like uh psychology and things like that. Um, mm. where and uh, was it like neuroscience and that kind of stuff where they were yeah. able to sort of like actually shed some light intellectually on what art is about and, and why we express ourselves the way we express ourselves and how we express ourselves and so forth. Yeah, like um, the first one was in, in some ways about like the shared experience of art and how you express yourself. And then and that was the guy who was a neuroscientist in real life. Yeah. And yeah. then the second dude we talked to was a, I, I assume he was a philosopher or something. Yeah, I believe so. It was in like philosophy. Yeah. yeah and like he had bottles which um, had... Uh, which had drink in them, and we had to pick the bottle which represented a philosopher from history. Um, and like you picked Nietzsche, wasn't it, Greg? That was me. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, Leon, you picked Plato, and I picked. Um, why can I not remember who I who I chose? It was. That's gonna bug me. <laughs> yeah, it was a it was a French woman, wasn't it? And I have a photo somewhere, but I'll, yeah, I'd have to tweet it, I guess, afterwards. But yeah, that was it. Was a really inter- interesting conversation, and then, um, and then yeah, you get given, you get your art judged, you get given a role for the the god that you represent, and then you get to ascend into like a silent nightclub, and it was epic. <laughs> yeah, um, you picked Simone de Beauvoir. That's thank you. Yes, yes you're right. Um, I, th- and... I think we all kind of picked appropriately as well because mm. the guy behind the bar, the philosopher, was explaining the um the relationship that each of those philosophers had with art in particular and i feel like we all uh we all actually no in your yeah, case i don't leon, you i don't think leon's plato <laughs> no definitely yeah. not yeah but, but, but certainly you greg and i think certainly me <laughs> yeah like that yeah you know, representative of our feelings towards art and like yeah. the, the the point of expression itself yeah yes yes <laughs> papering <laughs> over the void that's me <laughs> But no, yeah, it was it was cool, and then uh, obviously there's the silent disco upstairs, which was nice. 
uh, that was the that was what you ascend to. You ascend up the stairs and you come into this silent disco, where they have backpacks that let you feel the bass in your body <laughs> as you listen to the music, and it's quite a cool experience. And, yeah, uh, like um, like the world's best N sixty four rumble pack, just yeah. like strapped to your hip. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty cool. <laughs> your back actually, it was like tied round. Oh, it was like oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> it was like like wearing a, a, a laser tag backpack, laser tag mm. uh, pack or laser tag vest. It was cool. Um, and yeah, it was it was just a really awesome experience, and there were some sweets that Ray's not been able to let go of since. Those mushrooms were delectable, <laughs> delectable foam <laughs> foam mushrooms. <laughs> Have you got a bath at your uh, at your flat, Ray? Just imagine you fill the bath with foam mushrooms. <laughs> um, uh, don't put ideas in my head, Ray. <laughs> Despite that being the exact opposite of the intention of the thing we attended, put yeah. ideas into your head. Don't put ideas in my head. Yeah, no, I won't. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, but foam mushrooms were were the thing then. After that, <laughs> I think Ray Ray was on some kind of like quest. Yeah, I had to I I had to settle for fruitella in the end. Yeah, which I mean, you could do worse. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't go around the room again just to get back in there, just to get the foam mushrooms, <laughs> empty and then empty I mean... them, empty them into your bag and then run away. <laughs> I mean, you didn't have your eyes on me the entire time, so yeah, <laughs> you don't know what I got up to. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, all in all, um, it was a really fun weekend, and as I said, some really cool experiences. Um, and yeah, so finally, I think we're round to the point where we can talk about the stuff we bought. Cool. Dive yeah. in. Um, so I'll start, because one of the first things I did was purchase... Um, I, I got to go around and talk to two of the guys who worked on um, a little comic that I've spoken about on this cast before called The Spider King. Hmm. Um, and I got to speak with Josh Van and Simone Diamini, uh, which was kind of cool. Uh, those two were sitting behind a table in uh this was the tent where the doodles were happening the comp one of one of them the, the comicsology tent and um yeah they they were they were pretty nice guys to chat to had a nice conversation with them about you know the work on the comic and how cool i think the comic is because i really love this book i've spoke about it before um if you go back to episode 31 um you can listen to me gush and gush and gush and gush. Um, but yeah, it was it was a nice experience, and um, they had some um, of the the um, the alt cover for issue one out. So I bought one and got them to sign it, which is really nice, and it's going to take pride of place in my collection. Um, and yeah, it was just isn't, and I I have the same favorite character as them. So my favorite character is Sigrid, and their favorite character is Sigrid, but they don't like Sigrid because they think they they find Sigrid difficult because of how they want to represent her. Um, and I understand that that like I I I mean like I like that I like that they were honest about that and everything, and I like the fact that they try their hardest to represent this character in the way that she is represented in the book. Um, not going to talk too much about that, but yeah, it's great. So yeah, I got that, and um, I also picked up some uh a couple of extra comics here got some uh cat comics a whole whole plethora of cat comics so we got um flimsy's guide to modern living which is a short comic by a um a woman called rachel smith um who has been around on twitter uh, which is where i've seen flimsy before and it's just this this kind of sweet little book about um how you know how to be 
how to how to how to live and and how to how to try to be happy basically and it's it's nice and there's some good some good some good advice in there and some cute pictures of flimsy the cat which is this kind of like blue cartoon cat and she's she's really cool and uh yeah i love it and like ray you picked this one up as well didn't you yes i i picked that up um it's 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 really cute i love it uh yeah, I think so. This is part of three books, three short books that I bought. Because one of my uh, one of my goals at attending Thought Bubble was to pick up um, small, short form, like cheap, like again in finger quotes, cheap. In that there, I wanted to spend like three, four, five pound on little things and build up a small collection of little things. So I bought three books, which sort of coincidentally, or maybe just reflecting the state. I was in when I was looking for these things, but are generally to do with like mindfulness and um, uh, not quite self-help, but like, you know, self-care, I think would be the way to describe them. So Flimsy's Guide to Modern Living by Rachel Smith was one of them. Um, And then I also picked up something called Brain Shoodles by Emily B. Owen. And then another one, which all from the similar part of the convention, uh, another one called Feels Like Noodles by Jade Sarson. And I got to have lovely brief conversations with all three of them about their books and you know just this this whole thing about be nice to yourself and yes. it, and expressing that sentiment through very cute drawings which i i really like so see our, our goals crossed over in my goal was to pick up things about cats <laughs> <laughs> right and i feel like uh, flimsy's guide to modern living is a really good uh, yeah. combination of those two like exactly cute cats yeah cute cats but be good to yourself yeah and it, it, yeah really good advice in that book i quite like it um and that was where for the sure, venn diagram yeah. of greg and ray crossed over with flimsy sky for <laughs> living um i also picked up a book called shoosh by um an artist called sean jefferson um and this is about their cat and all the strange weird things their cat does and what their cat gets up to um yeah and it's a really really little cute book um it's like a collection of short stories and it's really cool and the artwork in it is really really cool and really nice really really fun and cartoony and um it's all very real and very true because if you've ever lived with a cat this is exactly what it is this is exactly what cats do to you (laughs) so yeah it's it's perfect and all of the things that like that one included and all of the three books that i mentioned have got this like I don't know, very clean style to them, mm. which I think represents yeah. the sentiment really well. Like, just this, like, calming, peaceful, um, I don't know, it just it feels like slipping into a, a nice warm bath, just, like, yeah. being washed over by, like, colourful, pretty uh, or simple images. And, yeah, I think it's just yeah. a really nice thing to have sometimes. The, the last yeah. one I picked up is a silent comic. Um, and it is about a it's a short comic based on a true story and it's by a guy called joe stone and um, the title of the comic is literally a missing poster it's just called missing and uh, there's a picture of a cat on this missing poster and it's like a reproduction of a missing poster or something similar to a missing poster that he's found on his road where he lives and the journey this missing poster takes as time goes on and the elements wear at it and it's just a silent (laughs) silent sad book of a missing poster getting worse and worse and worse and i almost cried when i read that because it's a missing cat <laughs> yeah i th- i thought it was really heartbreaking and yeah. like i was i was really torn 
by like the fact that I wouldn't want to own it because <laughs> but yeah. like you know you you give that tortured artist some money and that's really sweet as well so <laughs> i don't know the whole, yeah, the, the whole the thing cool- makes me want <laughs> when i was having a conversation with the guy the coolest thing about that comic is the fact that i said to him well it can be taken two ways can't it because like it, it got could, found because you then... don't it doesn't say whether or not the cat was found it's just the journey mm. this missing poster takes as it is deconstructed by the elements so that's either the cat point. got found or the cat didn't get found so it's kind of up to you isn't it as the reader because like in either instance, do you think you would go around like ripping down, ripping down the pages in sadness after enough time is allotted that you think, oh, it's not worth it anymore? Or like you're jumping for joy that your cat returned and then you you, you wouldn't even remember the posters you put yeah. up. Cause you're yeah, just so exactly. You would just back. you would just let yeah. them. OK. Yeah. So there you go. Hmm. Fair enough. Yeah. So you see and you can interpret it in two ways. And it's also, again, something that resonated with me, because when I open it up, I'm seeing a street of um, like they look like terraced houses in the corner of the, uh, the street and uh, there's a parked car next to a tree and a missing poster on a tree. And this is, if, where where I live in Leicester, this is a very common sight. This is something that, like, when I walk down the road, I am assaulted by at least two or three missing posters uh, <laughs> of, of, of cats and things. And it's it's quite, um, yeah, it is quite something that resonated with me. And uh, there's a, a story that goes with this as well, is the fact that we actually found a cat once me and Sophie that was on one of the missing posters and we rang the owner we rang the number on the poster and the owner apparently came to try and get the cat but the cat didn't want to know what yeah that's okay that's not how I thought that was gonna end um, yeah. so what the happened cat, the cat was just like the, the cat didn't want to come home they were trying to like tempt the cat with food and stuff to try and get him back but the cat was just like looking at them from beyond this fence where the owner clearly couldn't get to it like so what you know <laughs> that's such so, a cat move <laughs> yeah the cat the cat just didn't want to go home <laughs> and you know i guess i guess there's some closure there because at least you know they're happy and they're alive but obviously they're happy where they are otherwise they'd want to come back with you but you know <laughs> it's it's yeah it's a weird thing but it was cool so yeah that that was um well this this comic was cool anyway and and, and i bought it purely because it resonated with me so much but yeah uh, i also picked these up with um with Sophie in mind, because I probably said it before on the cast, but my girlfriend Sophie loves cats. We have cats. So, yeah, there we go. Um, Ray, what else did you manage to grab? Uh, a couple more things. Um, so one, the one thing that I like I knew coming in to Thought Wobble that I was going to pick up is a book called Heat by uh, Jean Wei, um, published by Piao Books. So that's P-E-O-W. And the reason I know about this is because I've been following at Comics and Cola on Twitter for a while. And it's a really good, um, like, proof that following somebody on Twitter can be a really positive experience. Because, like, and a, and a really good sales pitch as well. Like, I've been following um, her describing the fact that this book is going to be debuted at Thought Bubble. Um, like, this was the first time you could pick it up and it'll be on like the web store but like it'll i don't want to order something off the internet i'd rather go into a shop and pick it up and this was available to me and like they were seeding the cover and it just looks exactly like my kind of art style where it's very pared down bold bright like um uh i I want to use the word empty but it doesn't it's not quite describing what i want but like these flat large bright bold colors um and i just i'm in love with it and i haven't had a chance to read it properly yet but like i was excited for it purely because of twitter and like it's mm. i think i think that's great like it's a really positive experience that i've had with social media which can be relatively rare i think um although most 
most of the like comic creators that I follow tend to be like very positive experiences. So I was just pleased to be able to like have this fandom and come away with something like in my hand for it. And unfortunately, I didn't get to actually talk to anyone behind that table. Um, but if you're out there listening, then just know that I've been really excited and like it really worked. And I'm glad to have engaged with you through that. Um, and then another thing I picked up was uh, a few pieces of art by um, artist called Jonathan uh, Jonathan E, I believe. Uh, his website is jonathan-e.com. Um, he wasn't at the table either when I picked up his artwork, but it's a really cool, like, colourful, blocky um, representation of, like, Japanese uh, back alleys, like, where they have a bunch of restaurants and it's all really bright and colourful in the nighttime. Um, I really like that, so I'm going to frame those and put them up. And then finally, uh, Nathan Hill had a table where he had um, books, uh, books and art representing uh, food. And there were two in particular that I really liked, which were the Japanese floaty food guide and the Dutch floaty food guide. And it was basically each page was a dish or a meal or some sort of food representing those two cultures. And it had a little panel at the bottom that says... Um, you know, when you first tried it, where you were, what you thought of it and whatever. And like, it's just this cool little thing that you can flip through. And it reminded me of all the food that I loved in Japan. And I was telling him, um, I wish I had this when I was living there because it would, you know, I could have had a record of this delicious food and then your beautiful artwork that, you know, is of it. And I, so I got to got to have that as well. And I'm aside from that, I picked up a lot of business cards, like a lot, because it was like, it just felt like free art to me. Like I got to like have these little... Uh, these little rectangles of just joy in my hand and I picked up so many so at some point I'll take a photo of them and um, like tag people in on Twitter for for their their, their, um, their yeah. business cards representing their art mm. yeah I um I got some uh, some nice prints I got a print of a piece called Dynamic Duo uh, of Batman and Robin um, which is kind of like something I'm going to frame and put on my wall that was bought from like a they were like a just like a they were selling prints like posters and things like that and it was quite cool um i also got a signed print of the artwork from the first cover of um death or glory which is a comic we've also talked about on this podcast um death or glory i think we talk about in episode number 35 which is the free comic book day one um and that was uh yeah that was pretty cool to get that i got that and i got it signed by the artist um other things i um i think that about wraps up what i purchased really that was that was all of it (laughs) um and uh, i mean yeah if there's anything i've missed i'll probably get onto it next time we talk on on the next episode I mean, aside but, from the stuff that we bought, I mean, there was a lot there that just caught my attention yeah. in general. I took a lot of photographs of things that, like, I couldn't, because like, I could, I wish I could buy everything, but I can't yeah. buy everything, so I had to make some decisions yeah. on what I wanted. But, um, like, Leon, was there anything that you can recall that, like, caught your attention while you're walking through? Because there was a lot of, there was just a lot of art on display, and it was, like, overwhelming in some ways. Like, anything... <laughs> Too much to mention, man. Like, <laughs> I, I, like you do, I, I didn't really take pictures as much, but I... I, um, I did note down, um, uh, like, various things that caught my eye um, to have some to hurt. So, yeah, there was um, there was uh, a creator called uh, Ashram J. Pure, um, and his stuff looked, um, he refers to it as urban 
and mythic and it's sort of like steampunky but um but like with a bit of like fantasy so it's like um that seems quite interesting um there was also one called the clockwork watch which looked really cool as well but um like yes it's endless um there's there's a lot of really cool things and as you were saying if i could buy like one of everything it would have been would be great oh yeah i should probably bring up that i actually bought ashram's comics <laughs> um he was he had some comics on sale um and um i've bought them but i've not read them yet so they're just there sitting right waiting ready to be read i got like a box with all of them in um so yeah yeah that again like part of my mission statement was i didn't actually want to buy traditional comics i didn't want to really yeah. come away with a pile of graphic novels or like trades yeah. or floppies um partly because like i've tried to pull away from buying physical floppies and you know i'd like to buy them either direct from i mean it's an opportunity to buy direct from the artist but i also don't have the space for these kind of things so i try to buy direct online if i can these days but i definitely made a note of a few like um one in particular that i looked i was so interested in but i just didn't i i didn't want to break my rule of buying a trade was uh ram v's incorrigible fibber yeah which is really cool um, and I think there's a few. I think I mentioned the the Life is Strange Dust. Yeah. Um, God, there were so many. Uh, oh, one thing I want to point out is I was very careful about when taking photos that I asked the permission from artists whether it was okay to take photos because mm. there was one um, one of them who said you can take a photo if you're going to send it through WhatsApp, but um, she'd had her artwork stolen and like put online um, in a in a form that it would be easy to like print it out on on your own or you know go through a a company and get it printed on a bag when she was selling her own bags and i yeah i was very careful not to upload that one to twitter for example so i've got a few which i can't really like i've got pictures of but i don't want to share on twitter for that reason yeah no i can understand that and it's it's a, a good mindset to be in because you've I think we've all we've all heard stories or we've all seen stories before of artists that have had their artwork put up on the internet and stolen and it's it's quite a mean thing to do actually to somebody i feel it's mean it's selfish it like, yeah. takes away from i don't know it just takes away from the hard work that people have put into exactly. to themselves and also like the the um like, the gain that they deserve for putting their art into the world like it's a it's still a it's a commodity as well it's their yeah. people are here to to mm. make money off of their efforts and they deserve that because that's yeah. what they've put their heart and soul into so yeah. you shouldn't be taking that away from them yeah um, yeah, definitely. definitely. I just want to correct myself from earlier. Um, I, was com- I was confusing the two on my different tabs. Uh, Clockwork Watch was written by Yami Ageni, Corey Brotherson, and art done by Jenny uh, Gilblad, I'm going to guess, and guess wrong. But that's the that's the steampunk one. And then the um, Ashram ones, uh, Ashram J. Priyod, those were those are more horror-based. Oh, uh, um one one that i was so close to buying um was andy bennett's uh picture from dream daddy just because i really like this depiction of like a sexy dude and cheese and bread in the same image but <laughs> you can if you google andy bennett is i think it's one of the first things that comes up <laughs> I, I i wanted to but i couldn't buy that so. so i guess that rounds up our experience of thought bubble 2018 and um i think we're all in agreement that we're going to be going again 100 percent. yeah Yeah. next year yeah of course 
So yeah, that's uh, that's Ace Comicals number 44 and that's Thought Bubble 2018. So I guess we've got time to rattle through a few things that we're looking forward to over the coming weeks comics-wise. So these are pull list things that you might hear us bring up at some point or another. So um, I'll open with some stuff that I have for the 26th of September, which is this coming new comic day, which will be when you're able to hear this cast. A um, couple of things I'm looking forward to. I've got um, a DC book called Heroes in Crisis. Now, this one caught my eye. Um, that is by Tom King. Uh, I'll read the blurb. There's a new kind of crisis threatening the heroes of the DC universe. Ripped from real-world headlines by CIA operative turned comics writer Tom King. How does a superhero handle PTSD? Welcome to Sanctuary, an ultra-secret hospital for superheroes who have been traumatised by crime-fighting and cosmic combat. But something goes inexplicably wrong when many patients wind up dead, with two well-known operators as the prime suspects. Harley Quinn and Booster Gold. It's up to the DC trinity of Superman, Wonder Woman and Batman to investigate, but can they get the job done in the face of overwhelming opposition? So how does that sound, guys? Because I think, for me, that sounds quite interesting. (laughs) That sounds very Greg. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of want that. I kind of want to read that. I like I like the idea of them exploring the PTSD thing and whatever, and I quite I quite like the idea of that. It sounds quite interesting, so that'll be something I'll be checking out. Also, it's Tom King, so how can I disagree with that? Um, we've uh, also got a, um, a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles macro series starting. So, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Macro Series number one, that comes out October 3rd, which will be the following new comic day. Um, and it will be October, and you know what October means, right? It means Halloween. Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you mean Greg's Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so yeah, I'll be, I'll be starting to get all set up for that, and we'll be reading some cool stuff. Um, but uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles macro series number one. So TMNT returns to its roots with the new with new spotlights on individual turtles, but this time they're extra large. So uh, Donatello understands that more is at stake than his brothers realize in order to prepare for the coming conflict. Don will aim to repair his relationship with his mentor Harold and his malicious robotic counterpart Metalhead. Um, retailers, yeah. So this is the. Um, it's uh, the new macros. These new macro comics will set up each individual turtle for the climactic storyline leading to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number 100. Um, we're getting closer and closer to number 100. We're in the 80s now, so it's it's about time. Um, and we're, uh, well, yeah, you know, it's, it's like it's, they're going to do something big because it's coming up to 100. Uh, that's what I mean when I say it's about time. But yeah, the first one focuses on Donatello and that's something I'm looking forward to. So that's my uh, my two keeping the pool list quite quick this week. Uh, Ray, you got anything? I've got a couple. Um, I'm just going to rattle off the titles yep. and artists. So um, something for September 26th is called Friendo Number 1, new one by Vault Comics. Um, Alex Packnadel, Martin Simmons and Kim McLean are involved in that. And then same week, something called Gamma uh, by Dark Horse Comics. Um, Eric Freitas and Ulysses Farinas um, and I believe also for the 26th something by Silver Sprocket a graphic novel that just caught my eye because the cover looks really cool it's called the Fuck Off Squad don't know what it is <laughs> it looks it sounds great and the art looks really cool so there's that um, and then for October the 3rd uh, just bring it up because we mentioned Burger Books so the Seeds number 3 which is 3 of 4 is going to be coming out on October the 3rd that's um, 
by Anne Nacenti and David Aya or Aja or uh, I, don't, I don't know which pronunciation's right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, and then a new one by Image Comics on the third, which is Blackbird number one. Um, and the reason it caught my eye is again, it's that purple and blue thing that we discussed over the weekend, where that yeah. that vibe catches our attention. Um, a variant covered by Fiona Staples, which initially got my attention, and then realized the the main cover is by Jen Bartel, who I also really like, um, and written by Sam Humphreys. And then finally, Image Comics Juke Joint by writer T. Franklin, who we've discussed in the past yeah. relating to Bingo Love. Um, and then artist is Alitha Martinez and variant cover Mike Hawthorne. Yeah, um, I think I've actually seen something of that before in a preview book or something. Mm. I, um, I think it, yeah, I think it, maybe you've brought it up in the past. I um, think I've, I've read also, a, there was a couple of pages of it in like a preview book. Yeah, and me having expressed how much I liked the writing in Bingo Love, mm. I'm, I'm I'm into it just for that. Yeah, it's a horror book. Um, mm. It looks kind of cool. So, yeah, I mean, these are all things that are probably going to be on my pull list as well. You've made me feel inadequate now because I only had two comics to mention. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry, Greg, but normally it's the other way around. So. I know, yeah, this is, this is me, um, like, because usually I've got, like, this huge, massive list today i've tried to keep it brief but yeah so that rounds up the pool lists and that is ace comicals number 44 you can find us at www.acecomicals.com um you can find us on facebook under ace comicals you can find us on twitter at ace comicals you can find us on instagram under ace comicals you can find us to listen to us on apple Podcasts, overcast pocketcast spotify stitcher TuneIn, and castro we are available on many platforms um you can find me on twitter under at bato that's b-a-t-t-o-u and ray where can we find you on twitter at monke that's m-o-o-n-k-e-h and leon where can we find you you can find me on twitter at leon everett and just want to shout out to Lerte and the whole fort bubble team and all the volunteers for putting on a really really good show yeah shout out to thought bubble because it was great and oh, also uh, a shout out sorry i didn't mean to cut you off <laughs> but also like while i had before we like dive off a shout out to all the people who actually recognized us and who actually spoke to us saying hey we've listened to your your podcast so if you're out there send us some messages send us yeah. some tweets you know get involved and yeah well it was really great to meet you all yeah it was it was nice that that you know to to actually meet with people that actually have listened to us and, and it's cool yeah um also if you want to get a hold of us send us a question you can get us at uh acecomicals at gmail.com so if you want to send us questions you can go there or you can go to twitter or you can go to facebook or you can come to me on twitter and yeah so ace comicals number 44 that wraps us up ace comicals over and out